I got a call about 2.30 in the morning from the landlord saying, the plaza burned, you need to come. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, five days in the industry and it burned down. Welcome to the Planet Laundry Podcast, brought to you by Planet Laundry, the magazine of the Coin Laundry Association. This edition of the Planet Laundry Podcast has been made possible by sponsorship from Speed Queen, the premier brand of laundromat equipment. Laundry owners, are you needing to turn things around? Let Speed Queen help set your success in motion. Turn the tables on high utility bills, maximize what you earn per turn, and give customers the ability to do more per load. Make every turn count. Visit Speed Queen at go.speedqueencommercial.com slash turning. This is the Planet Laundry Podcast. I'm your host and the editor of Planet Laundry Magazine, Bob Neiman. Today, I'm with Ross Dodds, co-owner of Lux Laundries, a 13-store chain serving the greater Los Angeles area. In addition, next month, Lux is opening a new 6,000-square-foot facility dedicated to its pickup and delivery business, in essence, tripling the company's wash capacity for pickup and delivery. Uh, hey, Ross, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you are a busy guy. You've got so much going on. As I mentioned, 13 laundromats, plus this huge new facility that you're going to be opening up in July. Essentially, you got into the business in 2017, I believe. And, and that's a lot of growth in six years, especially when you throw in uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, the supply chain issues that were all right in the middle of that time frame. What have been the keys, I guess, to, to scaling your business so quickly and so successfully? I mean, I think my partnerships with with not only my repair people and our banking relationships, and then really my involvement in the community with the lawn, with Laundry Association, Clean Laundry, excuse me, with uh, CLA. Unfortunately, we paused a lot of meetups during COVID, but I'm pretty active. I have my Facebook. I just have always kind of put it out there that we're always looking to expand and. Uh, during COVID brought a lot of those opportunities very quickly. So we kind of jumped on them. It, it's caused some troubles along the way, but we're working, working through it. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to grow that quickly without some, some troubles and some, uh, I guess, pain points. What have been some of those major pain points, I guess, with this growth and how have you worked to overcome them? Our, I think our biggest pain point has been our, employee resources. We we just, up until like the first year in COVID, 2020, I was still doing everything. We we finally hired an operations manager in 20, 2021, actually. Russell, my husband, left his corporate job in 2020 and joined laundry full-time. And his initial plan was to kind of start a repair and specific for laundry, since so many people are starting to retire that do that. It's hard to find good repair people these days. But then we started acquiring laundries, and he does a lot of our plumbing, electrical, installation with our install help. So he hasn't. He never even got outside of just dealing with our laundries. And then we brought on kind of like an office manager, scheduler, that comes from a background of managing apartment buildings. So she kind of comes with a Rolodex of repair people. And we've been trying to 
kind of set up monthly, bi-yearly, yearly maintenance schedules for all of our locations, which is also what we had originally thought Russell would kind of scale into to offer as a business to other people. And we just haven't even gotten past, <laughs> past our... <laughs> and now, now we're really starting to work on SOPs. Uh, it's been talked a lot lately with Mark and Alex joining forces and uh, Dave Menz and all of his pickup and delivery stuff. And we kind of had certain things in place, but that worked at three locations, not at 10 plus locations. So. Right, right, right. Again, a, a lot of, a lot of change. Yeah, a lot of change going on. So certainly still working through it, but uh, it's fascinating. Well, let's back up a few years if we can to about, I don't know, 2014. Why laundry? What, what first attracted you to this business? And, and, and then how did you eventually uh, make that entry uh, into the industry? Well, I'm from Kentucky and I had a retail store there that I had kind of gone through the credit crash with. I had been doing my own thing before starting the storefront. So I found the storefront just kind of got in the way of my time and, and having to keep these hours with the doors open or else an employee there. So then when I moved out to LA again, I was kind of fluttering for a couple of years trying to figure out what, what next was mm-hmm. what I wanted mm-hmm. to do next. Um, and being here in LA, going to the laundry is pretty common. I mean, uh, the big apartment buildings will have two or three units in the basement or the garage, get to your comforter or anything. And so I was finding myself in laundries quite a bit. And I just kind of kept looking around like, why, why does it have to be so awful? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's Half the lights are off in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's dirty. It, it just felt cold. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, it, this is like 2013, 2014. Certainly we've had a lot more technology come into the industry in the last couple of years, but I still felt like there had to be more available in 2013 for laundries. So I just kind of started looking and Russell and I were only dating at the time. And he was just like, okay, you're a little crazy, but sure. Why not? <laughs> so, All right, so yeah, you, you came at it as a customer and you saw the opportunity and you saw that you saw the need certainly. And, and you jump on that. Yeah. 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 Well, Again, I, I, it's kind of been well documented, but your initial entry into the industry was less than smooth. Can, do you mind talking about it one more time for people who have not heard that story? For the people that haven't heard it, uh, we close. It, it took us almost a year to find the first one. And funny enough, the first one that we bought was actually the very first one I looked at when I started looking to buy and I hated it. So that's what a lot of research and a lot of being in laundromats changed what even I had thought at the time I wanted in a location. But anyway, we closed escrow December 11th, uh, 2014, and started to kind of make repairs. Over half of the store was out of order. I I had placed a small order for 100,000 worth of machines, which you could do on the one-page application back in the day, because I had this laundry with credit cards. I had no money whatsoever. And just five days later, December uh, 16th, (laughs) I got a call about 2.30 in the morning from the landlord saying, the plaza burned, you need to come. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, five days in the industry and 
it burned down. It, it started next door. It was electrical. Nobody was hurt. Mm-hmm. It was the middle of the night. Right. It definitely kind of put a trajectory on on how we started and got in this industry. I mean, like I hadn't even gotten started, so I had to rebuild. I felt like we should take advantage of having a little insurance money. We were heavily underinsured, but applying for credit is like a, a snapshot what you look like second. And we looked good with right. with not enough money to, to even rebuild, but that that's not what they're looking at. <laughs> so, so we bought a second one while we're rebuilding the first one. That's kind of how it started. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you learn from that experience? What did you learn? What, what lessons can someone uh, take from that? I definitely learned that uh, we were heavily, heavily underinsured. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. up at that point, you look at renter's insurance, your homeowner's insurance, and like, what's it cost you to replace your contents? Because if you're in an apartment, you're not responsible for anything else. And since we rented the laundry space, we didn't really think that we were responsible for anything else. Commercial space, a white box is what's prov- uh, required by a landlord. And a white box is your four walls, your lights, and your bathroom. But laundries require a lot of times different electricity needs than a standard commercial space might have, different plumbing needs for sure. So, and then because you're starting from scratch, we needed to draw up plans and and pull permits and all of that stuff that would be covered under your liability insurance, but I had enough insurance to cover our machine order. So in the end, we were in the neighborhood of 250 short, certainly what we bought and what we ended up with, we needed to make that kind of investment anyway. So it certainly helped. It would have been awesome if I could say that I bought this laundry for 40000 or whatever it was, and it got rebuilt for a half a million completely paid for. That wasn't the case, but um, it, it still obviously worked out. Right. But timeline, I learned I learned a lot of the construction <laughs> timelines and hangups and frustrations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were forced. It was certainly trial by fire. and uh, But that's, that's uh, certainly good advice as far as uh, uh, insurance and certainly every laundry owner should, uh, should look at, at, at their coverage and, and protecting their investment. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, just, and just like homes that you can, insurance keeps a, a, a yearly average of how much it costs to build per square foot. Laundry is going to be a little bit different, obviously, but there's a lot of rough numbers that you can at least get somewhere close on your insurance. And then I always say to add 50 or a hundred is only dollars. So do it while, while it's just your insurance policy. <laughs> right. 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 But yeah, it's one of the first things I look at when I'm looking at a, a P and L for a for sale laundry. I'm like insurance, $200. No way. Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, right. we're not well, hey, Ross, you and I, uh, we, we email pretty regularly. Uh, if I have a question, uh, you've always been very gracious about you know, answering or answering as you could and, and sharing your, your insight. Lately, we've had the pleasure of uh, running into each other. Uh, last fall at the uh, Coin Laundry Association's uh, uh, Wash Dry Fold workshop in Chicago. Just recently, uh, this spring at uh, Excellence in Laundry in, in San Diego. Given that, what, what are your thoughts on the value of these in-person networking events? I, what kind of value I, do, do you put on I those? love them. 
I, I, I mean, before I even bought the first one, that was back when Coin Laundry had their individual. So out here in California, we had SoCal CLA, which then I ended up joining the board and I was president for a while before they consolidated back to uh, just Coin Laundry Association. And they still host some, they try to do events in different markets, maybe I think quarterly to every six months right now. So they're less frequent, but still great opportunities. I feel like this industry has changed so much from when I started that people are a lot more open that are coming into the industry, especially with all the new tech and all of those advancements within the laundry uh, industry that hadn't really been there before. It's brought younger people much smarter than me people. So I want to meet all of those people and see what they're doing. I mean, we can see the pictures online. I mean, the the laundromats being built these days are are not the laundromats being built 20, 30 years ago. I mean, we're doing the quartz counters. We're putting in fancy lights, removing the drop down ceiling. It's more aesthetically pleasing now than just you have a machine to wash and a dryer to dry and get in and out and it's your worst chore of the week. New laundromat owners, I feel like, are really thinking about that, yes, this is something that has to be done, but it doesn't have to be your worst chore of the week. It doesn't have to be hot and miserable while you're folding clothes. And so going to these events, not only do I get to meet the people that I'm talking to on Facebook and and seeing and that are answering my questions, but then, I, I mean, it's just a great opportunity to bring a meeting of the minds and get to go to dinner, have drinks with, with these people. Plus then either like excellence has the daily events and bring in speakers that specialize in, in stuff that sometimes isn't even necessarily just laundry, but an overall marketing for growing and different speakers like that. So it's just a great opportunity to get together and, and write something off on your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that too. <laughs> well, listen, by, by the same token, it, you had mentioned uh, your, your, your Facebook page and uh, your, your, um, you're very active on social media. What value do you place on that type of outreach? I mean, it allows, I think when I was getting into the business, I was lucky enough to, to partner up with a couple really good distributors and salespeople that still gave me time above and beyond just buying equipment. And that that's something that everybody should hopefully look for and find in a salesperson that they will still take your call for some other question. And, and so I was lucky in that aspect, but what Facebook and these events have brought is the ability to really get some instant answers from more than one person. I, I think at the end of the day, it's your business. You have to decide what's going to work best for your business. But if you can have five different opinions, you can really kind of see what other people are kind of thinking along the same lines and and make a a better, hopefully a better choice because you've had that feedback. So it's been great in, in that way. I think it's, it's allowed people just getting in to have some more answers um, to hopefully also on the flip side, not make mistakes when making purchases of laundromats or building laundromats. We don't have to recreate the wheel 
So right, it 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 shortens that learning curve. It's more immediate and it's more widespread. The answers. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, again, I, I think you're probably as plugged in as any uh, laundry owner that that I know. Uh, again, you're you're on social media, you're you're at events, uh, you know what's going on, you know other owners. In your opinion, what are some of the leading issues, and I guess maybe concerns for store owners today? I mean, I think pricing always continues to be a concern. I don't think it's necessarily a specific price that we need to be as an industry. You've got to look at your business and your market and and just know your costs. And then, I mean, if your competitor down the street is cheaper, that's fine, but you already know your costs. So you've got to establish some of your pricing based on just pure cost and, and, and work on, Dave Menz talks about it a ton, value add. I'm not going to be the cheapest. And and there's a huge number of people that don't care about the price because of my other services that I'm offering. So uh, don't undersell yourself there. And then I think one of the things that we didn't do well at all was planning that we were, I mean, we thought we had two laundries and we bought the third one. So we knew we had the three and then we opened our first pickup and delivery facility, which is Wash Club. And so we thought we had the three laundries and our pickup and delivery, and that was kind of it. And then all of a sudden, we're we're buying five, six, seven, and we hadn't planned that with our branding. We hadn't planned that with with management. So it was a lot of the cart is before the horse a lot in, in what we've done. And so that would be my biggest thing going back is that we invested in our business sooner than than we did as far as management and answering services for phones, et cetera. Yeah, no, great, great responses and uh, definitely uh, good points. Ross, after, after six years now, what's your favorite aspect of the laundromat business? I still really enjoy taking over old laundries, making them nice. I enjoy meeting my customers and getting out in the community. We try to do different things. It's gotten more challenging as we've grown because it takes time and and planning to to do events but we're we're trying to bring those back now as we have kind of exited out of covid and and we can do events again we're trying to do that in our laundries also okay we do voucher program for Mm -hmm. free laundry and so yeah i mean we're we're trying to uh, just be a part of the community, and and that's what I enjoy is 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 being out there doing that, and and sharing. Right, right. On the flip side, what's your least favorite, <laughs> least favorite aspect of the business? I, I mean, managing our team is, is really hard for me. Uh, I mean, it was it was one thing when we had eight employees. Now with over 60, it's a totally different thing. I I didn't come from a lot of management experience, so I had to learn all of that as we grew. Obviously, now we brought on operation manager, but we still need more management levels um, within our structure. And, And during COVID, I mean, staffing was probably the number one challenge once we were allowed to be open and and we started to grow and get busy again because 
people felt like laundries were safer than their basement laundry. So that's been a huge, huge struggle for us is just staying staffed. And then with all the changing in staff, keeping our consistency and what what our customers are used to. What do you find are the best way to uh, find employees? Where what, what would have been the most successful ways? We, we do offer a referral program within our current employees. Some of our long-term employees don't want to refer people anymore because they feel like if it doesn't work out, it reflects on them. And so that's good and bad. It's, it's nice that they like working with us so much that they don't want to bring in somebody that might not reflect good. But uh, so it leaves us online. We haven't had really much luck with Facebook. I mean, we're really kind of indeed has been one of our best, but if you're not careful, it can be very expensive. So it's, it's challenging. Um, We do a lot of, we implemented test shifts starting years ago because I just, I mean, you get start doing payroll on every person you hire that doesn't even finish their first shift or then doesn't come back. And, and by the end of the year, you're sending out W9s like this for $40. So we right. try to do some test shifts first to make sure, because anybody can interview good or some people interview bad, but as long as you looked professional and, and it, it's nerves, then I want to see, I want to see what you do when I'm not looking for, for two months. Um, so we like to bring people in for a couple of hours over a few different days. And unfortunately that weeds out 90% of our people. They don't even make it past uh, two or three test shifts. It's a costly part of the business. It really is. And I'm sure every company deals with it. It's just, uh, I find it harder with kind of the size we are to, to make those investments on people that don't come back. So we've tried to kind of expand our offerings to, to be competitive in the market. I mean, we are a fairly entry-level job. So we have food pantries. We now offer vacation time after a, a certain time. We offer cell phone allowances after a certain time. I'm open to kind of anything um, right, as long as it right. makes sense for, for the team and as long as it makes sense for the business. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, where do you see the greatest opportunities for laundry owners in the coming years? I think uh, Technology continues to to come in with payment systems, car, uh, card systems, pickup and delivery. I I don't think self serve is going to go away. I I just think we're continuing to see a shift of maybe what kind of square footage is needed for a store, and and rather you're staffed or unstaffed. We certainly have a mixture. So, I mean, I think the opportunity continues to be in, in how we can implement some of this new technology at a cheaper availability than it used to be to, to grow not only our businesses, but also to serve our customers better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, good. Very good. How about threats? What are, what are some of the greatest threats that are lurking out there for the industry? I mean, I think our biggest challenge is, is staying up with compliance changes. I mean, we're seeing stuff coming out about filtration of water at, at, at the hose level. Uh, we personally just went through an ADA thing. 
I mean, we're still, we're bigger. I mean, we have 12 locations, 13 locations, but that that's still a real hit to us when we have to deal with lawsuits or, or uh, make changes for the city. That's certainly challenging. Some of it needs to happen. I understand, but uh, staying on top of those is, is important and, and sometimes challenging. A lot of the, uh, the, the advocacy, the, the, the legislation, the regulations and, and things like that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And, and we, we, we pioneer a lot of them out here in California. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to start in California and then it kind of moves, uh, moves east. Yeah. 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 Do you have a business philosophy? I mean, I, I think for us, we obviously want to be successful and have have a future and and career and be able to retire but still being within the community and offering something back i'm obviously taking people's money but i want to make sure that i'm giving back to them what they need and and creating the value for that money spent right right it all goes back to kind of being part of the fabric of of, of the community and a, a community hub i suppose yeah 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 What's the biggest mistake you've ever made in this business? It's definitely been our standard operating procedures and and our staffing with management. I, I mean, I just I held on to everything far, far too long to the point that it would it it was just it was affecting everything about me. It was affecting my personal life. It was affecting the business life. Um, the phone calls would just, my phone never stopped 24 seven. I, I had to start tur- turning it off at nighttime. And then I would wake up in the morning and it was the police. Like we need somebody to come and secure the place. It's been broken into. And I was like, I, I, just, I just got to this point where it was like, if it burns down, I'll see it in the morning. <laughs> um, and I could have, I could have prevented that. I could have put in processes with the help of other people a lot sooner. We were investing in, in new locations and investing in new equipment, but we weren't investing in the actual staff to run it. <laughs> so yeah, we, we definitely have been backtracking and backpedaling as fast as possible to add in those levels that we skipped. Sure, sure. Where do you turn for business advice these days? I think I listen to all the podcasts. I mean, yours here today, uh, Dave Menz, Jordan Berry, the Wilfords. I mean, I'm looking to everybody else that's been in the industry longer than me or somebody that that's coming in hot and new and, and just bringing that passion and energy that I, I've somewhat lost maybe pieces of along the way. I mean, it, it, it re ignites my excitement for the industry to interact with everybody and see the changes constantly happening. I mean, I, I think that's kind of funny sometimes to be like <laughs> laundry and I, I've just really enjoyed it. Right, right. And it certainly helps to get that fresh perspective and that new set of eyes and the, just that new, uh, new opinions uh, from everyone coming out there. It's, it's fantastic. What does it take to be a successful laundromat operator today? This, I, I mean, I think it is definitely a business. No matter how you're going to run it, whether it's unattended, partially attended, fully attended, it's a business. So having all the procedures in place, having 
setting all of that up early really would help. And that's one of the things that we, we didn't do early enough. So I, I definitely think you have to run it like a business and get, get out of it so that you can kind of look at thing, things from, from uh, whatever the saying is, from 10 feet above instead right. of right, right in it all the time. It is business. So. Right. Take the long view. Mm-hmm. What advice can you share with other owners or maybe potential investors today that maybe you wish you knew when you were first getting into the business? And again, you shared a lot of that with me uh, already today. I definitely think, yeah, don't be afraid to get into the the online forums. Go to an event. I mean, there's different level of levels of events. Obviously, excellence is probably the most expensive, but it also covers a lot of stuff once you're there. So don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's worth making those early investments in yourself to discover the business more. I know we get we're trying to figure out how to start this on the side. A lot of people keep their other jobs for a little while, but make those early investments to go to events and, and, and get in front of people that are willing to meet you. We're seeing more and more consultants. Uh, I think those could be a great resource early on to at least keep steering you in the right direction and making sure you're not missing something in, in a lease or in a contract that could cost you tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars later. We, we don't want to spend the pennies up front, but sometimes that ends up costing us the real dollars. So take advantage of all the resources available now, even if that it means paying for them. I think there's some really great people in the industry now that are willing to share all of their experience. And so use it. All right, take, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. Last one for you, Ross, and I really appreciate your time today because I know you're busy. You know, you and your business have come such a long way since just 2017. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see the business in five years? Well, I mean, we, we definitely are making the huge investment right now. I mean, we're in a facility for our pickup and delivery with Wash Club that's only about 1,500 square feet. And like you said, at the beginning, we're moving that to 6,000. Plus, actually, we there was like a, a loft area that was just crawl space, and we we converted it into our offices. So, we're really going to have the room for expansion for our support staff for all of our laundries out of our pickup and delivery facility moving forward. So, I think more laundries are always probably going to be in my future, but we're really focusing pretty heavily on our pickup and delivery and going after a different side of that than we've ever done before now that we have the space. And then I'm starting to dabble in a little real estate on the side, but trying to stay kind of in my lane. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's where we'll go in the future. More laundries and some real estate. Perfect. Hey, that was everything I had. Is there anything maybe I didn't ask or anything you'd like to get out there uh, regarding uh, your journey in the industry? Uh, just anything I didn't ask that uh, maybe people could uh, could learn from you? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to people that you see on the forums or on Facebook. Uh, you'll be surprised how many will, will give you time. 
to figure out this industry and, and get in it. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's so much happening and it's just continuing to, to grow and evolve in, in fantastic ways, not only for the business owner, but for our customer base. Absolutely. Perfect. Hey, Ross, thank you so much. I, I always appreciate talking with you and I always enjoy it. Really appreciate the time today. Well, thank you. And we'll probably uh, see you here in a couple of months for the Fluff and Fold in Nashville. Definitely. Right? I, I look forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to Planet Laundry at planetlaundry.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.